0: What is up, everybody? I hope you're doing well. Welcome back. I I apologize for not putting out much uh, stuff over these last two weeks. It's been kind of crazy. Went on vacation, was gone on a road trip for a week, and then it was Thanksgiving week and had to do a bunch of stuff. Uh, Now, my girl's out of town for a couple weeks she's got some training to do and just busy 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 stuff but now we can catch up and we can celebrate with another win so uh like comment subscribe all that good stuff anyways let's get right into it so there's been a lot happening over the last couple weeks and just first off Clap for the 49ers. Crushing it. Again. This is now three wins in a row. And they have won four of their last five games. That is awesome. This team... I don't know what happened during the bye week... Uh, Coming out of the bye week, I was really hoping that they were going to correct all the issues that they had in the first, like, I would call it the quarter of the season, those first five games. You know, it was, there was a lot of turnovers on the offense, not a lot of turnovers being generated on defense, a lot of dumb penalties, a lot of beating yourself. The team didn't seem like it had an identity. It was, it was those core main factors that we had. And it was, the team didn't have an identity. They had a really bad turnover margin and they were just beating themselves with dumb penalties. And coming out of the bye week, there was that really, really ugly Indianapolis game where they lost to the Colts in that crazy rainstorm. But after that, this team seems like they've corrected all those issues. Obviously, we lost to the Colts, but then win against the Bears. Uh, awesome. Lost to the Cardinals, which it was kind of at that point where I was like, you know what, at this point, maybe we should just blow it up because this team is continuing to make the same mistakes. But then we've had three in a row where we have one. And we have won after correcting all those issues. So it's... It feels so good to have this team on a win streak. It's three wins now. You know, one win. All right. You got my eyebrows raised. Two wins in in the same dominating fashion. I like where this is going. Can they keep it up? Three wins in a row. We are officially on a win streak. It is Victory Monday, baby. It's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. Um... Yeah, I mean, just getting into it. So, let's go through those things. The penalties. I think we've only had one or two defensive pass interference calls in the last, like, three games, you know? Since the Cardinals, the defense has been pretty clean on the defensive pass interferences. Even Josh Norman, who, by the way, I still hate seeing him out there. I'm glad that he forces those fumbles because that's the only thing he does well. Other than that, he's missing tackles, blowing assignments, and everything. But hey, at least he can punch a football. Again, I still think they should hire him as the football punch coach, and uh, you know, cut him, bring him back as the football punching coach. But you know, fix those penalties. The turnover differential, so they were having a lot of turnovers on offense. They had a very bad turnover differential. We went from having the worst defensive pass interference rate in the entire league before the bye week, Um, I think actually up until that uh, Cardinals game, and one of the worst turnover differentials in the NFL. I think we were bottom three in turnover differential up until that Cardinals game. And then finding our identity, we have run the ball 40 times, three weeks in a row. Maybe it was only 39 runs last game, but 40 runs in a game and we'll just, you know, at 39, fine. You only had to kneel it once, <laughs> but still 40 runs in a game, three weeks in a row This team has found their identity. They have corrected the penalties. They have forced turnovers on defense. And they have found their identity of pounding the fucking rock and running it through your face. Like, this team is finally in the zone. Jimmy Garoppolo, for as much crap as I gave him the first quarter of the season, he has played good football for... Four games now. I would say he's had two really, really good games. Uh, I would say two to three good to very good games, and then two okay games. And you know what? I will take that. Jimmy Garoppolo has only thrown. I'm trying to. I'm sure I have this wrong, but I think he's only thrown one or two interceptions in the last five games. Like, that's pretty good, because he had one yesterday. He had one against the Cardinals. Uh, I don't think he threw one against the Rams, the Jaguars, or the Bears. So, yeah. Two interceptions in five games. That is great for Jimmy. By Jimmy's standards, Jimmy is playing very well. He is increasing his trade value. Uh, There was that report that came out like an hour before the game, weirdly, Uh, that the Niners were planning to trade Jimmy next season and start Trey. Uh, thank you. Captain obvious Rappaport. Like we all knew this. We all knew that next season, Jimmy would be traded and we would be starting Trey because Jimmy has a no Jimmy had a no trade clause this year, but you know what? He doesn't, he doesn't have one next year. So next year we can trade him. There's some places that I'm sure would probably like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, like the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, he looks done, and they don't really have. Here's the good thing about Jimmy's trade value, is the more he continues to play, average to above average quarterback, which he has for the last four to five weeks, average to above average. I'm not gonna pretend he's a top five, top ten quarterback. But I would definitely say he's been in that mid-tier, like, 15 range. If you were to look at all quarterbacks in the NFL over the last five weeks, I would say Jimmy is firmly in between 10 and 20. Whether you put him closer to 12 or closer to 18, he is a average. He has played average to above average starting quarterback for last month. That is great news for the trade value. The draft class quarterbacks quarterbacks isn't looking all that great. So, hey, maybe we can actually get, I don't know, a second rounder. Who knows? Either way, though, it is, things feel good right now. Debo Samuel just hit a 1,000 yards receiving on the season. He was at like 900-something for two weeks in a row because Shanahan was like, I'm just going to, let you run the ball instead of throw you the ball. So Debo just broke a thousand yards on the season receiving first receiver, first 49ers to receiver to do that since Anquan Bolden in 2014. Who remembers Anquan? Jeez. It has been a while. It feels good. Iuke. Iuke has been awesome for a couple weeks in a row now. Oh my goodness. Ayuk, what was it? So this game he had a quote unquote quiet game, in my opinion. He had three catches for 90 yards. Quiet game, big catches, run after the catch. The dude is creating separation, he is getting yards after the catch. He is winning contested catches. I think it was I think it was last week against the Jaguars. He had five targets, five receptions for 80 yards. And those were tough catches. Like, he had guys draped all over him. The dude is bawling. Like, whatever slow start he had at the beginning of the season, after him and Shanahan had some words, Ayuk has been on a tear. He has stepped his game up big time. Elijah Mitchell? Elijah Mitchell looks awesome. And I will continue to pat myself on the back for scouting him in March pre-draft and saying, this guy is a perfect Shanahan fit as a late round pick. I will continue to pat myself on the back because that's like the one, (laughs) the one draft pick where I, uh, I turned out to be very right on. We'll see what other ones I am. I haven't had a chance to look, but dude, Elijah Mitchell's balling out. He just had his fourth 100 yard game. He has, I think I just looked at the stats, like over 600 rushing yards. He's played eight games. He's second in the league rookie running backs for yardage. And he's the first 49ers running back to have four plus hundred yard rushing games as a rookie, I believe. Uh, The dude's awesome. He had 133 rushing yards yesterday. Oh, by the way, he's playing with like bruised slash cracked ribs and he just broke his finger and had his finger repaired. He only missed one game. Like talk about a grown man. His vision looks awesome. And I think he's getting like two thirds of his yards after contact. He is getting contact. He is breaking tackles. He is getting the hard yardage. I don't know how many times over the last month, month and a half Um, or I'll just say specifically yesterday how many times I saw Elijah Mitchell get hit and think, ah, dang it, we only got one yard. And then he gains like three or four yards after contact. Like, he continues to put up impressive four-yard carries. And you know what I mean by that. Like, you get hit at the line of scrimmage and somehow you still have a four-yard gain. Like, Elijah Mitchell is awesome. I love it. Uh, Trent Williams is incredible. The left side of the offensive line is looking good. Alex Mack has been playing better recently. Uh, Right guard Dan Brunskill is still very bad. So, you know, that is what it is. Uh, Right tackle Mike McGlinchey out for the season with the torn quad. That really sucks. Uh, There was a, a, a report that came out saying that I don't know exactly what it was, but Shanahan did say that McGlinchey's surgery went well, or very well. Uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but they said the surgery went very well. And actually, I think they also said that McGlinchey and Kinlaw are expected to be ready for training camp if there's no setbacks. So, cross our fingers, there's no setbacks. If we get McGlinchey and Kinlaw back for training camp next year, that would be a very good thing because... Torn quads, there's like a 50% recovery chance if he ever plays again. And a reconstructed ACL for Kinlaw. Don't know what reconstructed ACL means, but it doesn't sound good. (laughs) Um, But somehow, and then at right tackle, we've basically been, for the last two, three weeks, rotating Jalen Moore and Tom Compton. And I'm not a Tom Compton fan, but Tom Compton had a good game yesterday against the Vikings. So, yeah, you know, like good things all around. Um yeah, I mean, we are now, we're now six and five. We have a winning record, which is awesome <laughs> after losing so many games there in a row. It was depressing. Uh, but we now have a winning record. We are now firmly the sixth sixth seed in the playoffs, in the NFC. It's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Um, I'm just going to look over my notes here for the game and uh, just see if there's anything else that I've kind of missed because uh, I just want to come on here because I'm excited and it's a good time, you know? Like, we are officially in a win streak. Uh, the other NFC teams, it seems like it, some of them have kind of dropped off a bit. I think the Rams have lost three in a row. We're now only one game behind them and we have the tiebreaker. They're seven and four. We're six and five. So that's cool. They're the five seed. We're the six. Um, but yeah, so just going through the games in the first quarter of the Vikings game, the thing that I really didn't, there's a couple things that I said here. I said uh, Jimmy was very bad because Jimmy was very bad in the first quarter of the game. I didn't like how many passes there were. I I really wanted them to focus more on running, uh, but the defense was solid. The defense forced two three and outs, and if you can force two three and outs early on in the game, that's a good thing. In the second quarter, I was really glad that they started defeating Mitchell, Elijah, continuously, they were running the ball, running the ball. Uh, Jimmy played better. I put that he was okay, not great. And the defense was solid. We ended up starting the game down 7-0. to zero, And then we ended up tying it up at halftime with a great drive there at the end. Third quarter, uh, and things got crazy real quick. Because we were down 14-7 to seven late in the second quarter. And then we scored, we scored, a, scored a touchdown right before the half. And then we came out, we scored another touchdown. And then we had that forced fumble uh, right after that. In our in, um, what was it? It was Kevin Givens forcing the fumble and on Dalvin Cook, and we got the ball at our own like five yard line. So we punched it in again. So, it was a real quick, you know, we were down 14-7. Next thing you know, we were up 28-14. to 14. So, it was a very, very fast 21 points that we got. Also, shout out to Aziz for getting an interception. Jimmy continued to play okay in the, in the third quarter. Uh, I will say one of the things that I didn't like was our kick return coverage. We gave up a kick return for a touchdown, and we gave up a big return. So a kick return touchdown and a big kick return, that's not what you want to see on special teams. I really hope that we make some adjustments there because um, you, you, there's three phases of the game, and you got to win at least two of them. Luckily, we did win two, but we definitely lost special teams, including uh, Robbie Gold missing a, a makeable kick. Why did he miss one from like 42 or 46 or whatever? Not good. And uh, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, I, I wrote this down multiple times. Elijah Mitchell is playing so good. The kid has really come into his own, just in terms of he's everything you want from the Shanahan style running back. He is patient, but he's decisive. He runs with speed and power. He breaks tackles. He's got good vision. I mean, he's just, he is really playing well. Uh, Jimmy was clutch late in the game and they just, they controlled the clock. They ran the ball even at the end of the game, they were up eight and there was still, I don't remember exactly. There was like eight or nine minutes left and it was a close game, but you're only up by eight. That's, that's a one possession game. You know, that's a touchdown, a two point conversion. They can tie it up. But well, we managed to kill seven or eight minutes of clock. And even though uh, Gold missed that field goal, 42 yards. Yeah, I put 42 attempt is no good. Fuck. <laughs> even though we missed that field goal, we still managed to kill like eight minutes of clock there at the end and force Minnesota to use their final timeouts. So they ended up getting the ball back with decent field position. I think it, they were at like a R34 or something, but they only had two minutes and no timeouts and they needed a touchdown and a two point conversion. And by the way, great job on that two minute drill by the defense. They tackled inbounds so they didn't, there was two or three tackles where the Vikings guys were trying to get out of bounds. But we got there just fast enough, tackled them inbounds so they couldn't stop the clock. You know, running that ball up and getting in position, that takes 5, 10, 15 seconds off the clock every time. Even in the hurry up, you know, that if you don't have any timeouts, like 10, 15 seconds is huge. So there was a couple really good tackles inbounds that made the clock continue going and just good defense overall. It was uh just good job by the defense on that two minute drill. And yeah, overall just my thoughts after the last game. So we dominated, we found our, Our identity, we corrected our mistakes. Jimmy's been good. Ayuk has been great. Debo's been good. My concerns. My biggest concerns are pretty simple. Number one thing is, can we win a game in more than one way? And what I mean by that is that the last three weeks in a row, we have ran the ball. Basically, 40 times per game, controlled the clock. Defense has been rested. And overall, just we, what we've done is, again, found our identity on offense. You run, 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 run. And then when Jimmy needs to make a play, Jimmy is good out of the shotgun and the short intermediate over the middle. Jimmy has been threading some tight windows. Our receivers have been playing very well, getting those crucial third down conversions. I don't know what our exact third down conversion is, but it's been 40 to 60%. I would say for the last three games in a row, which is pretty good. If you're converting half of your third downs, that's pretty good. Uh, anything under like 40, 30%, like that's bad. If you're converting like 70%, that's incredible. But let's just call it 50%. That's pretty good. But can we win more than one way? My biggest concern, honestly, is just, can we win in a shootout? Because I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. What we've seen is that we can win when we found our identity. And the difference between a good team and a great team is that great teams find ways to win no matter what. No matter what kind of game it is, they find a way to win. That's what we did in 2019. 2019 when they went to the super bowl they were winning every which way possible if it was a run the ball down your throat we're gonna win it 15 to 9 we would win that game you know play defense run low scoring possession game we would win it remember there was that crazy washington game where the score was like nine to six or something won that game we also won in shootouts I was at the Saints game in 2019, which was that crazy game where the final score, I think we won 43 to 41 or something over the Saints. And it was a total shootout. Probably Jimmy's best game in his entire career. But we figured out how to win different types of ways, whether it was in a shootout, whether it was in a slugout. I don't know if this team can win in more than one way my other concern I still have a couple other concerns honestly that's my biggest concern Um, I don't understand why they're continuing to play Josh Norman over Demo Lenore I really want to see more Demo I think Diamador Lenore is in my opinion I think he was playing better than Josh Norman and I haven't really had a chance to watch film the last two weeks because, again, busy, vacation, travel, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like every time I watch film or just the game, Josh Norman is blowing his assignment or blowing his coverage like 10 times every single game. Uh, Like against this game, it was within the first couple minutes on that flea flicker play that... Uh, Kirk threw the pass to Thielen for like 30 yards. Like that was Josh Norman's job. He was playing outside third and they did a flea flicker. And for some reason, Josh Norman came off of his assignment and ran the opposite way of his assignment and left Adam Thielen wide open. And Adam Thielen had like a 30 yard pass. You see Josh Norman turn around and oh crap but he punches the ball out. So it's okay. I love the physicality that Josh Norman plays with, but I, I will continue to say that when you're a veteran, and I don't remember exactly how long he's been in the NFL, like eight years or whatever. But if you've been in the NFL for eight years, you should know how to do your assignment. Like you're a veteran veterans. Aren't supposed to make dumb mistakes, like blowing a coverage. Missing your assignment. Like if if Josh Norman was forcing fumbles and he was actually doing his job, you know, his job, like playing that outside third so that he doesn't leave Thielen wide open, I'd be okay. I'd be totally okay if he was doing his assignment and you know what? Sure, he's still going to get some pass interferences or whatever. Uh, He's going to get holding. Whatever, but at least if he's forcing these receptions to be contested. But he's not. Half the time, he's five yards away doing something dumb and not doing what he's supposed to do. He's not being the outside contain guy. He's not, you know, being the, uh, what do you call it, the force defender. He's not sticking with his outside third and keeping it out for guys coming into his zone. He's leaving people wide open and again, you know, thank you for the forced fumbles, but he's probably given up just as many touchdowns as he has forced fumbles, if not more. I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm like reeling through two or three times where he blew an assignment and gave up a touchdown. Like I, I just, I don't see the reason why Josh Norman is out there over Demo Lenore. Because Mosley is playing pretty well. And when Mosley's playing well, Jimmy Ward is the eraser. Whatever assignment you have him doing, he takes care of his job. Jimmy Ward is like the opposite of Josh Norman. Like Jimmy Ward doesn't force fumbles except for that Rams game where he had two interceptions. But all Jimmy Ward does is He does exactly what his assignment does, and he erases whatever he is supposed to be covering. You put Jimmy Ward man-on-man versus a slot receiver or a tight end, they do not exist. Like, I dare you. Like, seriously. Jimmy Ward erases whatever he's covering. You put him in middle third, he's going to play the middle third, nothing is going to get past him, and he's going to make the tackle. Jimmy Ward is a great tackler. He's very assignment sound. He just doesn't generate turnovers. Josh Norman, opposite. Josh Norman is going to blow 10 coverages a game, busted assignments, missed tackles, but he will punch out one fucking football. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I mean, the only reason I can think of is, you know, he's his mentality, his aggression, the physicality that he plays with the fact that he is generating turnovers. It's the only reason I can think of, because I mean, if I was in charge, obviously I'm not, it's probably a good thing. I'm not, <laughs> um, but yeah, if I was in charge, it'd be like Demo, you're, you're starting Norman. You'll be next man up because I want Demo getting experience because Norman, so many things that I've said previous to, to, uh, to now still, still exists. Like I still want to see our young guys getting the experience. I I don't like seeing all the, a bunch of veterans out here that are not going to be here next year. I don't like seeing temporary veterans here. I, I love that we are on a win streak. I love that we've won four of our last five. I love that we are officially uh, seated in the playoffs. There's still a lot of football left. But this team has corrected their mistakes. But you know what? Who says that if we had two rookies out there instead of two veterans that won't be here, that we wouldn't have already done those same things? Like, honestly, if we had Demo out there instead of Josh Norman, would that really have changed our record? I don't think it would. I don't think it would. Again, I love that Josh Norman has forced some fumbles this season, but... I mean we've recovered what? 2, 3. So Norman has generated three turnovers, I think, this season. I I don't think that's the reason that we're winning these games. I think the reason we're winning these games is because we're running the ball, Jimmy is playing well, and we stop making stupid mistakes. But you know who's stu- still making stupid mistakes? Josh Norman. I will continue to rant and rage about why the hell Josh Norman is on the field over D'Amador Lenore, unless Demo has just turned into utter shit since the first month of the season when he played very well. Because Demo was playing well. No matter what you look at, whether you look at uh, the passer rating against him, if you look at his PFF grade, Demo Lenore objectively... And in my opinion, also on the eye test, again, I'm not a DB coach. I'm not a football coach, but from what I've seen and from all the data that I've seen, Demo is better than Josh Norman, except in the punching football category. Anyways, enough about that. Nick Bosa is fucking incredible, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. Nick Bosa has 11 sacks in on the season in 11 games. Nick Bosa's on track for 17 sacks this season. He also leads the NFL in tackles for loss. I don't know if Nick Bosa's better pass rushing or run stopping because he's so damn good at both. Nick Bosa, if you do not have Nick Bosa as a top five edge defender in the NFL, I do not know what the hell you're thinking. He is incredible. Pay the man. Pay him. This offseason, the first thing I want to see is a Nick Bosa extension. Period. Pay him. It should be just like Fred Warner. Just like Fred Warner. Just like George Kittle. Hey, you know what? We drafted you. You've been incredible. We want you here. Let's open up the checkbook. Pay him. There's some positions and some players, you pay them. Period. There's some guys that you can get by putting in rotational depth pieces. Um, You know, like your, your linebacker three, you don't need to pay. Uh, You don't need to pay like five guys highly in the secondary. But when you have a guy who is just elite game changer on the field, you pay him. So Jed York crack open the piggy bank Pay Bosa this offseason when he becomes eligible for extension. I don't want the dilly-dallying around. And you know what? I expect it to get done. Because all Nick Bosa has shown is that he is everything you'd want and then some at the defensive end position. He's an incredible pass rusher. He's continuing to get better despite the fact that he gets chokehold, gets chokeheld, on basically every single pass rush. And for some reason they only started noticing it like two weeks ago. <clears throat> uh, and then tackles for loss. He has more tackles for loss than anyone in the NFL. He is playing incredible. And this is his third season. And he didn't even play last year. Last year, he tears his ACL week two. He comes back this year and he's better. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Can you imagine how good he's going to be next year? Like, oh my goodness. we Nick Bosa could legitimately be a 20-sack-per-year defensive lineman for the next six, seven, eight years with the 49ers. And I really fucking hope so. Because he is so good. And he's getting better. He is so freaking good. Ugh, I love it. Um, we did have a couple injuries. We don't have any updates yet. So cross our fingers that they're not too serious. Uh, Fred Warner ended up having some type of hamstring injury early on in the third quarter against the Vikings. Don't know what it is. Supposedly he's getting a uh, MRI today. Actually, let me check and see if I have any updates real quick, but he ended up having a minor hamstring injury. And uh, being out in the third quarter. Luckily, Aziz Shaer has stepped up. And I really like what Aziz has been bringing to the table. So hopefully Fred Warner, his injury is not too serious. And he doesn't miss much time because Fred Warner is kind of like Jimmy Ward. Like Fred Warner is so assignment sound and... He he, he, what a, he erases things. like There's a reason why people don't throw Fred Warner's way, and it's because he's so good in coverage. Uh, he does generate turnovers, too. I remember uh, he's had, a I think, one interception this year. He had a couple last year. Also, he was really good at forcing fumbles. He hasn't been as good this year as he was last year, but he's still playing at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, last year, I would argue Fred Warner was the best linebacker in the NFL. This year, I'd say he's probably top five, but... Shit, man, he's still so good. You know what? If you have a little bit of a down year, that's okay. Because he's been durable and he's played incredible and got well his entire first four years. So I'm okay with it. So hopefully his injury is not too serious and he does not miss too much time. Also, Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel had some type of groin injury happen. It didn't seem too serious, but same thing. He is also getting an MRI today, so we will see. Cross our fingers. It's not too bad. Um, the good news is that Debo did, he he went down. He said, I think he said that just he got tight after that play. He went down. He just stayed down a little bit, then he walked off. He seemed fine walking off. And then he seemed pretty fine walking around on the sidelines afterwards. And if I remember correctly, he said in his post-game interview that he just didn't want to re-aggravate it because it was tight. And that's why he didn't go back in. So we'll cross our fingers that Debo does not have a very serious injury because Debo is the offense And Fred Warner is the leader on our defense. So we need the most, we need our two, we need two of our most important players. I would argue that those are our two most important players on both sides of the offense and defense. Because Fred Warner, he's the play caller. He's the mic. He is a team captain. He is the leader of the defense. And Debo Samuel is the MVP this year of the offense. Over 1,200 scrimmage yards on the season so far for Debo in 10 games. He's on track for like 2,000 total yards. So we'll cross our fingers that it's not too serious. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, good stuff. So I'm probably going to be changing how I do my podcast just because I feel like I was trying to make everything a little bit too perfect where it was, you know, I'll, I, I don't want to do it Sunday because I don't want to be the hot take guy. And then Monday I end up watching football and then someone will put out a film breakdown and then I'll watch an offensive film breakdown and then I'll wait until the defensive film breaks down because I want to be 100% accurate and I want to get every single report. And then it ends up being like Wednesday, Thursday, and then it's so late that do I really want to do one? And you know, I've got a preview and now I've got to watch all the preview films. So I'm probably going to be changing up how I do these podcasts. Uh, but I do want to make sure that I'm doing them because I enjoy it. Uh, but I, because this is just a fun hobby of mine, I don't want to feel stressed out and obligated. And so I popped on this morning because I was, hey, I feel like doing this. I'm in a good mood and it's fun. It's good to be in the win column. So, what do we have to look forward to for now? Well, the good news, again, we're on a win streak. We've won four of our last five. We're the sixth seed. We're a solid sixth seed with tiebreakers over a couple other uh, over a couple teams also who will be fighting for those four or five. Or I mean five, six, and seven seeds. We've got the Seahawks coming up next. The Seahawks have looked absolutely terrible this season. Uh, this might be Russell Wilson's last year in Seattle, and Seattle might have to blow everything up. Honestly, if I was a Seahawks fan, that's what I would say. I would say blow the whole thing up. Trade Russell for two or three first round picks and blow the whole thing up because Seattle's trash. And honestly, I would probably fire. I would definitely fire the general manager because the Seahawks have the Seahawks. When they, when Pete Carroll came in, uh, they were really good at drafting for like two or three seasons. And they built that legion of boom, the legendary defense. And they had Russell Wilson on a rookie contract and they were just straight up dominant for like five, six years. I have a theory. And my theory is that the Seahawks were extremely good for the very simple reason that Pete Carroll coming out of college to coach the Seahawks had already scouted, players and that's why they were so good at drafting those first two to three seasons because if you think about it he had a chance to see a couple of years worth of college players close up I don't know if that makes sense but I think that's why they did so good in that first five to six years he was there is that Carroll was able to identify so many of these players that the NFL somehow missed on. I mean, Sherman in the fifth and Cam chancellor and all that. Um, but then once he had been out of college for more than three years, they couldn't, they couldn't scout or draft for shit. Like they have been terrible drafting for like five years. And then once Russell Wilson was off of his rookie contract, you couldn't surround him with all that other talent since you're having to pay him $30 million a year, and if you're paying your quarterback $3 million, $30 million a year, but you can't draft to have cheap talent around him, you're off, your entire team is going to go down. And that's what we've seen over the last three, four years, is the Seahawks just kind of crash downwards in terms of defense. They've had a bottom five defense in the NFL for like three years now. So that's my theory on the Seahawks. Um, the exciting thing, I am going to the Seattle game on Sunday. I'm freaking pumped. Uh, I'm bummed out that they, I'm a little bummed out that they moved it out of the Sunday night time, but at the same time, it makes it a little easier for me <laughs> since I'm driving down there. And that means that, uh, I'll be able to get home at a reasonable hour since I live about an hour and a half away. Uh, so, Hey, I mean, it's, it makes it easier on my commute, I guess. Since I, uh, I'll be leaving my house around eleven, go down there. I'll be watching the game. I'll be screaming. Uh, I don't know what the weather report is. I should probably check it out real quick. Let's see here. Weather uh, for Sunday: forty uh, percent chance of rain. So, yeah. I mean, it'll be it'll be a typical Pacific Northwest afternoon. So overcast with a chance of it being drizzly, <laughs> but I'll be out there. I'll be celebrating. Uh, hopefully I'll be celebrating a win because the Seahawks have looked so bad. So the Seahawks do play tonight, Monday night football, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do because they've looked terrible all season. Russell Wilson hasn't looked good. Now we all know how good Russell Wilson can be. But, oof, well, that sucks. Uh, McCaffrey is out for the season, and it looks like Dalvin Cook ended up tearing his labrum, so that was the injury. That sucks. Yeah, anyways. Uh, so, the Seahawks play the football team. The 3-7 and seven Seahawks play the 4-6 and six football team, and I'll be rooting for the football team. Hell to the yeah. I am all for it. Bring on the chaos. So if the Seahawks lose to the football team, that is going to make, that's going to make Sunday's game very interesting because Seahawks have their back against the wall. They're basically out of the playoffs. If I remember correctly, I think they're currently uh, like last in the NFC or no, 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 that's, That's not possible because the Detroit Lions exist. (laughs) Um, But the Seahawks are like second to last or like third to last in the NFC for playoffs. So out of the seven seed, I think they're uh, like 12th or 13th or 14th or something. So if the Seahawks lose tonight, they are... Essentially eliminated, I would guess their playoff chances right now are around 20%. If they lose, it's maybe 5%. We've seen what the Seahawks can do, but if the Seahawks can't put it together tonight, if they continue to look as, look as bad as they have, then that's that's good news for us because the one thing that our team has going for us, and again, the Seahawks, you never know what you're going to get from them, but the one thing that our team has done recently is the 49ers have found their identity, and they have corrected all the mistakes that was causing them to lose. Remember, early on in the season, the 49ers were beating themselves. They were turning the ball over without t- generating turnovers. They were getting con—they were leading the league in pass interference calls by a long margin. They didn't have an identity on offense. Well, you know what? They've corrected those things. We will run the ball down your throat 40 times. We will be efficient on third downs. We won't turn the ball over. We'll generate maybe one, maybe two turnovers in a game. You know, the turnover battle, if the turnover battle is equal, then the 49ers win. That's my opinion. I think if the if the 40 if the turnover battle is even, 49ers are winning, period. Against pretty much any team in the NFL. Um, maybe not every team, but I mean, I you've you've heard me say like I think the 49ers can when they're right, they can compete with anyone. I mean, they've put up 30 plus points four weeks in a row now or four of the last five weeks, 30 plus points. You're putting up 30 plus points consistently. You are winning games and we don't need to have an elite defense. We can have an okay defense. If we just have an okay defense, but we're getting 30, 32, 36 points a game. We are winning the majority of our games good stuff. It's good stuff. So the outlook is positive. The team has fixed the problems. We're back on track. It's a good thing. Uh, Real quick, I'm gonna just pop on uh, pop online. And I'm gonna try and find let's see here. So teams, I want to look at our schedule moving forward. Because Let's see here. So roster stats. Nope. Don't want stats. There we go. Schedule. So we are currently six and five upcoming games. This coming week, we got the Seahawks. I think we should win this game. I will be there. I will be rooting. If we win this game, we are seven and five. After that, we have the Bengals. I really don't know what to think of the Bengals. I'm going to have to, I'm really going to have to go and watch a couple Bengals games uh, to understand them because they've been kind of hot and cold. I know that they won very big last week. I think it was like 40 to, it was like, it was like 40 to six against the Steelers. They just straight up crushed them. So, don't know what to think of the Bengals. That could that'll probably be a difficult game. Then we have the Falcons. Week 15. We should be able to win, in my opinion. That's a home game. So we're going to the So I would say we probably win against the Hawks. Don't know about the Bengals. That could go either way. Falcons, we should be able to win. It's a home game. Then we go to Tennessee. I don't know what to think of Tennessee. They are uh, I think the two seed in the AFC, but they've also lost a couple games recently, and they haven't looked the same since losing Derrick Henry. So that could go either way. That's the that's like the Christmas Eve Eve game, like the Thursday two days before Christmas. Then we host the Houston Texans, which in my opinion that should be a win. The Texans have only won I think two or three games. And then we go to the Rams Sunday, January 9th. And I'm planning on going to that game too. I gotta I gotta get my tickets because I'm sure those things are really going to start getting crazy expensive. Uh, but the Rams game. So, I mean, I, I gotta be honest. I see three wins here. And it could be four or five more wins. So, I think it's entirely realistic where we are that this is a 9 to 11 win team. I I don't expect them to win 11 games, but can they keep doing what they've been doing? Good teams win games, great teams figure out a way to win no matter what. Can this team win no matter what? If it if it if it's a shootout, can we figure out a way to put up 40 points? Can we figure out a way to score fast? Cuz as much as I love these 8 to 10 minute drives that are 10 to 14 plays, sometimes you got to score in 3 plays. Can we do that? We did it once. We did it once on Sunday. We came out in the second half and I think the opening drive was like three or four plays and a touchdown. Can we do that? Because I know we can compete. I know we can put up points. We've been doing it. I know we've found our identity. I know we've corrected our mistakes. But can we win the games where we're not able to play the way we want to play. Can we win the games when we're not able to play to our identity, to our game plan? Can we win a game when we're down 15 points with eight minutes left in the game? That's what I don't know. Cause I feel pretty confident saying that, Hey, if this team is, if this is a one possession game. If it's a one possession game, I'm starting to feel pretty confident because again, we've won four of our last five, three in a row. We found our identity. We're not making the same dumb mistakes. We are doing a lot of good things, but can we find ways to win when we can't win the way that we want to? I don't know, but for now, I'm enjoying this. I am really enjoying this. This was such a depressing season, but you know what? Damn it. We're winning games. And like I said, the beginning of the season, if Jimmy is playing well and winning games, I'm okay with him starting. If he's not playing well and he's not winning games, I don't want him in. I want Trey starting. Jimmy was really bad for the first six weeks. And that's why I was like, I want Trey playing. You know what? Now Jimmy has put up four to five good weeks of football. And Jimmy's played five good weeks of football. We've won four of our last five. I would really love to see Trey Lance, but you know what? Going to the playoffs is fun too. And Jimmy won't be here next year. We know that. Um, I really wish we could see some Trey. I under, I think I understand why we haven't seen Trey Lance. Is because this team has found their identity and they've finally built that offensive chemistry. Putting in a quarterback that has an entirely different play set, or at least when they play Trey, it seems like they have an entirely different play sheet that they're using. And forcing the offense to change from one style of chemistry that they finally developed into doing something entirely different, that'll mess up the chemistry and the flow of everything. So I understand why they're not playing Trey. It's just frustrating because we want to see the kid, and the kid needs to develop. So I really hope that he is developing in the background. You know, behind the scenes, I really hope that Trey is working on all the things he needs to do. I really hope that he's learning how to read defenses. I really, you know, on an NFL level, because it's very different than in college, uh, I really hope that he's learning how to read defenses. I really hope that he's learning uh, what throws he can and cannot make into defenses. Uh, The good news is that he's playing scout team quarterback, so at least he's getting reps against NFL defenses. Because, you know, the scout team typically plays against the first team. So at the very least, Trey is getting to practice against the 49ers number one defense uh, for a lot of practices. So that's a good thing. You know, he's not getting the number one reps, but at least he is getting reps. At least he is in the film room. At least he's, you know, learning to see like what are the in-game situations. I'm glad that. I, I'm trying to find the positive in this. (laughs) Like we, we all want Trey out there. We all want to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that we're going to see Trey as long as we are on track for the playoffs. And we are, we are the sixth seed. Like we are in, we are not eliminated. We're unless we lose like four in a row, which I don't see happening with how well this team is playing. I don't see Trey playing much, if at all, this season. And while that sucks, because I really want to see it, it's probably not the worst thing in the world to redshirt a 21-year-old rookie. You know? Um, Yeah. I mean, I just, I really hope that he's maximizing the opportunity that he has in practice. I really hope that in the game, Trey is there with the quarterback coach, uh, you know, talking to Mike McDaniels, talking to Rick Scangarello or whatever. And he's understanding situational football and he's understanding how to read coverages and he's getting used to understanding all of the verbiage for the play calls. And understanding how Shanahan likes to call games and how Shanahan likes to manipulate. Because remember, when Jimmy and Shanahan, when they were on a roll, they kind of talked about how they kind of, Jimmy said he could almost kind of tell what Shanahan was doing. It's like they get into this kind of groove, this rhythm with the play calling. So I hope Trey is starting to pick that up. In practice, I hope that he's working on his throwing motion, working on his mechanics, working on his accuracy, Uh, learning, again, which throws he can and cannot make versus NFL-caliber defenses and how to read things. Trey is a really smart kid, and, like, in terms of attributes, you know, just, again, athleticism, arm strength, uh, just in terms of, like, pure athletic ability and talent level like a plus sure he needs to work on his spiral a little bit and his accuracy but the kid has a hell of an arm and then you look at his intangibles just in terms of his confidence he is really smart he is a really really smart kid he's motivated I just hope that he's maximizing his time redshirting because I don't think we're going to see him this year. And it's going to be a bummer. And I know people are going to be very frustrated about that. But honestly, that's what it is. I mean, the team has found their identity. Jimmy's playing well. We're winning games. We're on track for the playoffs. Cool. Enjoy that. Next year, we will get the full Trey Lance experience. And hopefully, that means that he's been maximizing his opportunity. So, uh, I'll be back in a few days with a Seahawks preview pod. Um, I'm probably going to re-watch the 49ers game, uh, try and do some film analysis. Obviously, I'm going to watch the Seahawks game tonight. I'll try and watch a couple Seahawks games as well, and hopefully give you a very good preview podcast later on this week before I go lose my voice on Sunday, screaming, wearing my George Kittle jersey, in the Seahawks Stadium. So, I appreciate all of you for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Follow me on Twitter uh, if you want my terrible or good takes. And other than that, just enjoy the win, baby. Enjoy it. Enjoy the win. Three in a row. We're on a win streak, baby. Woo! All right, I will catch you later. Peace out. Go night.